Hello, and welcome to Season 1, Episode 4 of Alice in Wonderland. I'm Vic Philipson in Christiansand, Norway. And I'm Alice, and I'm one week into the Sahara Expedition in Morocco. Crouching down behind some sort of obstruction. <laughs> yes, I found some rocks, which I'm quite happy about, because uh, there's a really strong wind blowing over the desert. So if you hear flappy noises, it's probably my headscarf and the wind. When you say windy, how windy is it? Uh, well, we, we the, the tent we were putting up the mess tent, which is a very heavy affair because it's got actually got a huge. Um, the centre pole goes into basically a big rock, and three of us had to hold it down, so it's windy. Uh, we should probably tell people we're recording this on December third. It's about uh, four o'clock in the afternoon here in Norway, so three o'clock in the afternoon there, somewhere in the West Sahara. That's correct. So, so uh, it is, there could not be a stronger contrast between our current <laughs> conditions. <laughs> it's uh, it's not raining right now. It's been raining all day long here, but the sun is going down. It's an absolutely spectacular uh, sunset. and But we can see the sun for the first time in, well, a couple, three days. So, And it's about three degrees outside. Well, I'm in, so I'm on the Sahara Expedition, which is a 2,000 kilometer trek mm -hmm. across the Sahara Desert. And I started on the 26th of November, so a week ago. Um, the first week, so we're crossing basically from a place called Wedjbika on the Atlantic coast of Morocco, just south of a place called Tantan, which you can find easily on Google Maps, and going all the way down to the Mauritanian border to a little thing that looks like a nose at the very bottom of Morocco and a place called Gargarat. And um, a week in, it's actually been very tough so far. Very Why? tough. Why is that? Well, I think the first thing is that uh, to be an adventurer, and any of you who've done any longer adventures know this, the best thing you can have is a short memory and a very optimistic <laughs> nature. Uh, fortunately, I have both those things because you forget how hard these long adventures are. Um, my whole body's aching at the moment we're because basically you know in our normal day-to-day -day lives we, we just don't do this much activity and in this much discomfort really because I'm so our routine is we're up at 6 30 GMT on um, the men pray we wash we have breakfast then we we um, break up camp we load the camels and all of this is pretty hard physical work and then we walk for four to five hours. And when I say walk, I don't mean we just stroll. We walk at camel pace and camels look like they walk slowly, but they don't. They, they, they're pretty sharpish. Yeah. So you're walking very briskly. We have a maybe 10 minute break for what they call cascarut for elevenses. But the rest of the time we walk till we get to camp at the other end. We then unload the camels as quickly as possible, put up the tents, make the lunch. And it's only then... So only now, really, which is at three quarter past three GMT, is the first moment I've stopped since 6.30 a.m. And so, you know, it, it's hard going. And my whole, my whole body's kind of sore from the walking. We're walking through a lot of soft sand, mm. which is quite debilitating. The beginning was very, very hot, much. I know this sounds ridiculous. Of course, you expect the Sahara to be hot. But actually, I didn't expect it to be this hot in December. So the first few days, I really suffered from the heat. Um, 
And you forget, you just forget that, you know, you, you come back from an adventure with all this like, oh my goodness, it was so wonderful. And you forget mm. that quite a lot of it's tough. Yeah, how hot, would, how hot is it? Um, I haven't looked at degrees, but I'd say in the early 30s, maybe. I don't, I don't know, but put it this way, the sun, don't forget the sun is very strong and it's on you. So the first few days there wasn't a cloud in sight and it was just direct sunlight. And the first couple of days we were near the sea, so we had very high humidity. Um, the sun reflects off the sand, which is, we've gone through different kinds of sand. At the moment, thank goodness, we're on quite hard ground with little pebbles on it. That is actually a massive relief because there were a couple of days where, you know, it just knackers you walking through sand, frankly, as I say, at a brisk pace. And then there's other places where it's kind of broken up quartz. So it, it's, it's glittery and white. Mm -hmm. And of course, that soaks up the sun and reflects it back up onto you. And the heat just beats back up at you too, I suppose. It does. But now, actually, now it's cold. So I'm like wearing my lovely Craghopper's Merino top and and leggings as kind of long johns. I, in fact, I look fantastic. I'm wearing um, a merino top and leggings in black, over which I have a pair of tartan pajamas, followed by a long robe, like a jalaba. And then I have a green headscarf one to protect my head and my ears and my nose from the sun. So I am a cacophony of color and style. Sounds very chic. <laughs> desert chic, desert chic. <laughs> How far south of Tantan are you now? We've actually headed out almost directly east. East. Mm -hmm. Yeah, we're walking. We're we're not doing a completely straight down because we don't want to always be. I want to explore the the desert interior mm -hmm. as well as the desert of the coast. So this part of the journey that we've been heading east, um, and we've been doing about twenty twenty five kilometers a day. Okay. Today we did twenty. We. We've not been one interesting thing is I didn't again don't laugh, but <laughs> until you're actually doing it day by day, minute by minute, hour by hour, bleakness and emptiness don't have a real meaning. And then when you're really in it, they absolutely do. Yesterday, the only living thing I saw apart from my companions was one spider in camp Ooh. the whole day. Not a bird? Not a... No, not a bird, not even a tiny flower. Um, I literally stop and take a picture if I see something alive. Um, <laughs> because it, it's really... there's. We've actually, thank goodness, we had a tiny bit of rain last night and a tiny bit of rain this morning. Um, but it has been so dry here. You just can't. It, there's nothing here. The camels are really struggling. Hmm. The wind's blowing from the sea toward the land or from land out? That I don't know because we're right in the interior now. Oh, so you can't see. You, you, you can't see. You don't know where the coast is. No, no. Is we've, we've walked about... Well, we've walked for six days at 20 to 25 kilometers a day. So we're what, about seven days, I should say, actually. And we've been walking directly east inland. So I've no idea where, what's, which direction see, <laughs> I should possibly know, but I've no idea. Well, you're getting closer to the, to the water. You have to if you're going east. Yeah, no, I'm no, sorry. If you're no, going no, east. No, no, no. Yeah, I don't know. You yeah, don't know. I'm sorry. Yeah. Sorry, you're going Clip that bit out. No, I think clip that whole bit out. <laughs> <laughs> 
And how are your guys holding up? How do, do they get up? Do they have the same struggle that you have to get acclimated to this again? No. Or they no. do it so much that they don't? They do it all the time. I mean, Addy was born into this. He's a nomad. So his whole life has been on the move in a tent, um, literally. So, no, they don't need to get acclimated at all. They've, they've, my, my, my two Brahims have got, I don't know, 20, 25 years of experience each of kind of doing desert expeditions. And as I say, Addy's done it all his life. Uh, but it does take a toll. You know, we're all, I think what I love about this is, A, I love being with the men again. And I love being out in nature all this time. And I love seeing with my own eyes what's around me, what's happening, experiencing it, realizing just the truth about the world in different places. Because when you're walking across it, you can feel that it's, this, is, this is what the world is. Um, you know, we shield ourselves so much with cities and stuff. And, mm -hmm. and yet when you're out here, it's a whole, you're back to your most, I guess, most primal self, apart from life's merino base layers. But you know what I mean? Does that make sense? Yes, absolutely. How long will it take you before you're toughened up and not hurting all the time? Yeah, it's getting better. The last two days have been better. How are I your think, feet? Yeah, no, my feet, I've got, um, I'm, I've got these new boots, actually. Again, my sponsor, Craghoppers, gave me some new desert boots that are not on sale yet to the public. They're actually getting me to try them out. <laughs> okay. Oh, my goodness. These boots are getting such a workout. You wouldn't believe it. <laughs> um, and they've been really good. I haven't got any blisters at all. I got them slightly big. So I put on thicker socks today, and that was good. So my feet are very well spread out in them, which is good in terms of foot comfort slightly harder on your legs because your muscles are working in a different way um so yeah i think a client acclimated i'm not sure how long i'll take i'm, I'm definitely toughening up already but it's, it's also if you think about it once we stop um everything is on the ground because we eat together in the in the mess tent but we eat on the ground as you know as is normal here for people mm -hmm. and then in my tent obviously i've got my mat i've got a little mattress um like a matala and but that's on the ground. So everything is is down at ground level. So, you know, you're cross-legged or you've got your legs under you. So it's, for me, that I find that very uncomfortable. I'm not very bendy. Um, even crossing my legs, I find uncomfortable for like hours. Um, I have got one chair. I brought a camping chair with me and I sit and write on that. But it depends, you know, if, as has been the case the last two days, it's so windy. When you're not walking in outside, you're inside. So I'm I'm on the ground all the time. So that's another thing. It's just different postures from the ones I'm used to. So no inflatable air mattress to sleep on? No. <laughs> no, I've got I've got I've got what they call an eponge. I've got a sponge, you know, a sponge okay. mattress, which is actually I'm sleeping touch wood incredibly well. I think I'm just not probably really tired. <laughs> I get onto my sleeping mattress at kind of 8.30 at night and it's like, bye-bye world, I'll see you tomorrow. <laughs> Do you so, have to yeah. worry about, there, there, there aren't bugs out there, no biting animals, no biting insects, nothing to, if you're lying you on the like, ground, that sounds like you're going to get chewed up, but maybe not, huh? 
I have a tent. Um, but yes, there very much are. There are deadly scorpions and snakes and there's plenty mm. of spiders. Um, but as I say, at the moment, I'm just grateful to see any living things. So when I saw this massive spider, I did give a small shriek, a small one. But then I was like, oh, look, it's a spider. Let me take a picture of you. I'm so happy. Um, th there are hazards here. Th there really are. And we've already seen our first snake, which I was very excited about. And she was a little tiny one, really, really slim and long and um, she was going the she was coming down the path while we were going up but she wasn't frightened I say she I don't know if it was a she or not I have no idea how to sex a snake um but she she stopped and looked very, at us and, very carefully I'm sure yes exactly that's a good thought <laughs> so she just stopped and looked at us and watched as these enormous camels kind of carefully trod around her um so, yes, there are creepy crawly things. And uh, again, I have what I love is I've got these boots, these new boots, which I'm kind of taken with. And <laughs> they've got um, a little cover. So inside the tongue of the boot at the top, there's a little cover that whips out and you can put it over the opening of the boot. So at night, nothing crawls in. So um, I've been doing oh, that every night. Oh, that's really smart. Wow. It's, that's... it's so smart and it's so dinky and the men love it. The boys love it. Addy's always going, oh, look at those boots. Look at the cover. We love that. They're very excited <laughs> by it. That's so. what a cowboy does the first thing in the morning. You know, you always dump your boots out. Well, it, I mean, you, you would, you would really do yourself no favors if there was a scorpion in there or a snake. No. You just, you know. How do you, can you recognize the... Maybe they're all poisonous. I don't know. Are there non-poisonous snakes out there? Or are you just aware of every snake you see? Uh, I, th I, I think pretty well. Any, I would not go near any snake here for sure. I mean, yeah. we don't want to. Wouldn't I? Wouldn't kill a snake. There's no need. But you know, unless I had to. But mm. no, I would really steer clear of any of the snakes or scorpions. We've got we've got um, our anti-venom with us, our anticoagulant. But yeah, it really, really definitely don't want to, well, definitely want to try not to be sure, bitten. It, it would just cause everyone, well, A, it might be fatal, but sure. B, it would also cause the team, you know, so much stress because we'd have to get to a hospital and yeah, it's all that kind of difficulty. Yeah. What's your daily water consumption like? Yeah, that's a really good question. And actually something that I, I'm glad you brought it up because I want to mention it. So in all my pre-trip blurbs, which some of you may have read, I talked about walking from well to well. Oh, how optimistic I was. <laughs> there are literally no wells and no cisterns. They call them cisterns, no underwater water supplies here. So the water here is basically shipped from Samara, which is the nearest city, which we're now 56 kilometers away from. So what we've been having to do, which is so weird, we, we found two wells in the first few days, but the last two days, what we've been doing is we've been walking in the desert and then we've been walking out to the tarmac road if we see a service station in the distance and getting water from them from the tar oh i see uh, from the service station but the service stations because they're supplied by trucks water trucks that come from the city but they can't give us enough water for the camels so uh -huh. th these people are lovely they're willing to give us some of their water they're really kind for drinking but they're like, they can't give for the camels because the camels drink so much. So are we camels? I've not drunk now for five days. Um, and how long can they go? 
Uh, well, Brahim, I was asking Brahim a healthy today, and he said when they were in Mauritania about, gosh, about 20 years ago, the camels went for 20 days without drinking. Man. Because all the wells were belonged to different tribes and they wouldn't let the camels drink. So, I mean, that was a long time ago. So we, our camels, be assured, dear listener, our camels will get <laughs> no, to drink we're in two days. We're reaching Samara in two days. And if not before, if we find a well or a tanutfi, uh, a cistern, mm-hmm. they'll get to drink before that. But it, it's, it, you know, again, you do these things and you, you have these thoughts before you start. And there's nothing surer than that all your expectations will be, will be nullified. Right. Who made the cisterns and who maintains them? Who keeps them going and uh, makes sure they're in some way filled? Um, so they fill from rainwater and some of them drawn underwater, uh, the water table. But mm. they're designed so that when it does rain, and it does rain, the um, rain floods into the cistern and it's held there. And they're made by the either the local government or local, like local village or community associations and they they don't if they're maintained they're maintained by the local community i see but and they, they don't they have take any very little and sharing sharing that how does that work do you have to pay for the water that you get no or? no 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 no, no here everybody i mean it, everybody is able to to go and use the water and actually at the second well we saw on this journey so far there were large water lorries coming and taking water from the well, no doubt, to take to other places. Oh. So, because that was that was interesting. That was a, a well powered by a large bank of solar panels. Mm-hmm. Um, so it was a mechanical, the a mechanical well, and basically all you had to, all we had to do, because normally you have to stick your bucket down and, and roll it back up again. But all we had to do was turn on. There were two taps, and it came up through a pipe, and you could hear the machine working underneath, which was powered by the solar panels. Hmm. And the water, do you treat the water? No, just drinking it. Oh, straight out? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, okay. I, I'm, I'm, we're too, it's, it's too long a journey. And, you know, to my mind, this water is cleaner and purer. It's coming from the earth than the water you find in a city that's been through seven people. Yeah, except the water that runs off the ground into the cistern might not be the cleanest in the world. But I guess I, I grew up with a cistern out in Nebraska. Everybody yeah. had when I was a kid we all had cisterns. Now they've all gone over to wells, but everyone pumped into a cistern. Um you know, you would get occasional bugs in them, but that's uh, kind of was to be expected. Didn't kill any of us. Well that's well that's what you hope, isn't it? Um I mean I think the things that make you really sick are usually if there's dead animals or um, human contact where the human has been ill themselves. That's usually what makes you sick. She said very, again, as I said in my opening remarks, what you need in this job is a great deal of optimism and a very short memory. (laughs) And a strong sense of denial before you go. Yeah, a very strong sense of denial. Um, how do you feel in general, other than just physically beat up? You're feeling confident and good about the start of it, or we we got off to a very good start. I'm I'm so happy to be again with my two Brahims and Adi and the six camels. Um, you know, right from the beginning, I've been learning stuff and experiencing things that I I feel incredibly privileged, honestly, and like I'm having 
a kind of five-star life, even though it's it's pretty grubby, because I just get to see things and experience things that not, I wish everybody, everybody could see them. And I hope some people will be able to see them through my eyes or maybe come and journey sometime with me. But, you know, to see the, the clouds scudding across this desert sky and to actually be so happy when I find a tiny flower in a crevice, those <laughs> moments are worth every single part of discomfort. So, yeah, started well. It's going to be great. And I'm just not thinking about the three months ahead because that's too long to think about. That's too long to think about. Do you come to sometimes, is there a strife between you as a group occasionally or not long? And you haven't been out long enough now for that to be a problem, I'm sure. Well, actually, yes, there was. I mean, I'm going to be honest. I don't want to go into many details because um, the people involved can't reply for themselves. Sure. But we, we actually started off with some quite a serious divide within the team. And I think, honestly, that's what's made that first beginning week so difficult for me because I can usually, physical discomfort, you know, I'm aware it's going to happen and it hurts, but it can be dealt with. But emotional discomfort and the fact is I love all these men. I think they're absolutely wonderful people and I I really enjoy being with them. Mm -hmm. And to see them all making each other really quite unhappy and to feel that, that negativity at the end of the day when we should be relaxing together and laughing together and being together was extremely difficult. And I'm delighted again to be able to say we've resolved it Good. and things are back on an even keel. I think it was just, you know, 30 days. The guys have got 90 days ahead of them. It's mm. a really long time away from their families. They have to do this all the time. Uh, well, I mean, not this, not Actually, they don't. The point is they don't do these really long ones. They do short ones and they get to go back home in their home comforts. So I think just that thought of three months, the three guys together and me was a bit much for a couple of members of the team. They were like, oh, this is just going to be horrific. They were thinking too far ahead. But we've resolved the strife and we're back in an even keel. And yesterday we had a lovely... A lovely surprise because our, our cook and our guide, Brahim Butchum, actually made a massive effort and he made like the mess tent look really nice. He put little carpets down, cleaned oh. it all up and he made us a cake. Oh. And honestly, that kind of small thing, it's not a small thing actually because it's an no, it's effort not. that he made mm-hmm. and also the cake was blooming delicious. <laughs> and we had it with spicy Berber coffee, which is like milky coffee with lots of sugar and then chamomile and pepper, not chamomile, um, cinnamon cinnamon and nutmeg and pepper and all sorts in it and we just came together as a little group and it it really made a difference ah the healing power of food (laughs) absolutely it is it has that power doesn't it it really does all right alice we're kind of closing in on a little over 25 minutes now um I think that's probably a pretty good update for this week. What do you think? Is there anything else you need to tell us right now? Um, what do I need to tell you? I'm just trying to think of any juicy little bits. that have been good. One thing that's been... Oh, I can tell you something interesting. We, um, we came across um, a dessert. From the distance, I saw these beehive shapes, what looked like enormous beehives made of clay. Mm-hmm. And near a place called Batia. And I was like, guys, what are these? And they said, oh, wait and see. So we got up closer. And what it was was a deserted army encampment from the 70s. And it was, you could see the ruins of kind of, of 
of square, normal square huts. And then these beehives, which I went into and, and you know, looked around, and some of them were made from beautiful hand-pressed bricks. And basically the army in Morocco, when you join the army, when you get sent off to the desert, you have to make your own house. You have to make your own barracks. <laughs> okay. um, and the reason these huts were all, were all clay or clay brick and shaped like beehives was they have to make them from whatever materials are to hand. And we're in the middle of nowhere. There is not a tree for a thousand miles, it feels like. I'm sure there is, but there isn't a tree for certainly hundreds of kilometers. So, of course, there's no timbers. So the men make, make their accommodation in the most traditional way of human beings always which is in this beehive shape because you don't need any timbers for the roof sure. um, mm -hmm. so I found that fascinating and I've got these wonderful pictures which I'm putting on Instagram of these rows of beehives which were once inhabited by the soldiers in the 70s <laughs> I'd love to see them <laughs> When you get to Smara, will you lay up there for a while or? Um, we'll probably have one day and what we'll do is we'll camp 10 kilometers outside and then we will, because we, we don't want to take the camels right into the city and then we'll um, grab a ride in and I want to explore the old the old walled city and just see what, because I've never been to Smara so I want to see what it's got to offer and it's a true Sahrawi, a desert city. So mm. I'm interested to see what the shops have and what people are wearing and what people are talking, which language and all of those kind of things oh it sounds fantastic yeah when do you, get, really when, do you when do you think you'll be there two days oh two days yeah we've got we've got to do 23 kilometers and 23 kilometers and we'll get there it, it's kind of hard to say about the kilometers because we're not walking in a straight line you know yeah yeah we're wandering wandering but with purpose, with a compass, yes. With, with no <laughs> compass. Oh goodness me, the men don't need a compass. They're so they just judge by the sun. Okay. They they really do. And I mean at the moment it's so flat you can see for I, I'm sure about a hundred kilometers. My eyes are not great. But quite often we're I'll tell you what we're navigating by, which again is it's quite interesting because you think of these romantic desert adventures and you're navigating by the sun and the stars. Actually, we're navigating by telephone masts. Oh. Yeah. The because the mobile telephone is everywhere, as you know, in Africa. It's, oh, it's incredibly well, yeah, it well is. widespread. Mm -hmm. And I mean, basically, um, I'm looking at one right now. That's why we've got such good signal. There's a solar-powered <laughs> mobile phone mast right in front of me. And, you know, in about 20 or 30 kilometers, there'll be another one. And of another course, one. because they're tall and stick up sure. we, and they're kind of in a straight line towards the city, as we uh -huh. ascertained from our maps, that is what we're looking towards and following because you can see it standing up. So you just head straight for it. So, you know, I'm romantically saying, oh, the men don't need compasses, but um, they quite like their phone masts. <laughs> Alice, we're going to let you continue to navigate by phone mast and get on down to Smara. Uh, Thank we you. We will talk again next week, or no, in two weeks, won't we? Inshallah. Inshallah. Yes, that's true. <laughs> All right. Nice very, to speak to you, Vic. Very good to talk to you. And Enjoy uh, the cold. Have a good one. Oh, I will. No, <laughs> I, I think you would enjoy a little bit of this right now, too. Oh, I'd just love to put my feet in some ice. That would be so nice. <laughs> All right, Alice. We'll talk to you later. Okay. Cheers now. Bye. Okay. Bye-bye. <laughs>